the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello again and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you have found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants God requires to help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church, located in Los Angeles, California. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. I want to speak to you today on the who, the what, and the why of baptism. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. It is okay if you have studied bits and pieces of this subject before. Today, we want to start with what we call the basics. I want to show you a picture of a football coach from the 1960s. His name is Vince Lombardi. He was the coach of another losing team, the Green Bay Packers. And... uh, In the year 1960, uh, the Green Bay Packers did not win the Super Bowl. And so the story goes that on the first day of practice for 1961 series, that year, that Vince Lombardi, the first day of practice, he gathered the team together and he held up a football. And he said, gentlemen, this is a football. And what he was doing was he was saying, we have to go back to the basics. And in 1961, the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl beat the New York lousy Giants. (laughs) 37 to nothing. And it all goes because they went back to the basics. Now this right here, this is baptism. We're going back to the basics, and I'm going to, so many things in my heart that I want to teach you about this subject, and you're going to see even today, we can't get it all in, really even in four weeks, but we're going to give it a try. Can you say amen? Amen. We're laying down today the most basic truths concerning baptism. In the coming weeks, we're going to dig deeper into the theology and the doctrines of baptism. Now, I want to ask how many of you are excited to begin this journey? How many of you are excited about this journey? Uh, It's a legit question. Why should anyone ever be baptized? Why? Say this. That's a legit question. Say it. It's a legit question. Well, it may or may not surprise you. We're going to look at the who, who was baptized, what is the purpose of baptism, and why We're going to answer that question, why should anyone be baptized? First of all, write this down in your notes. Jesus was first 
baptized. After walking, they didn't have uh, cars back in those days. He walked 70 miles, approximately 70 miles. Jesus was baptized by a guy named John the Baptist in the Jordan River. The river called Jordan. We're going to read this in a minute, this text in Matthew 3. I'm not going to put this on the screen. But if you go to Matthew 3, if you have your Bibles, and you look at the very first verse, Matthew 3, 1 says that we see John the Baptist. Some people call him John the Baptizer. He's the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he was preaching in the desert of Judea. Now where is the desert of Judea? Wherever that is, that's where John the Baptist was baptizing people. And Jesus, according to that verse, walked 70 miles to go find John the Baptist and to be baptized. Now in John, I want to show you this verse. This is in John chapter 1 verse 28. John's uh, uh, his description, he tells us exactly where this took place. John 1.28 says that this all happened at Bethany on the other side, not the other side of the railroad tracks, but on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. I want to show you a map. Here's a map of Israel. Several things I want you to note. Up top, you'll see the Sea of Galilee. That's where Jesus spent most of his time in ministry. That's where Nazareth, Nazareth is up there by the Sea of Galilee. Most of Jesus' miracles took place up there in the Sea of Galilee. Now at the very southern part of the nation of Israel is called the Dead Sea. And you'll notice that there's a river that flows all the way from the north all the way through Israel to the south, that river connecting the, Dead sea, the, the sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea is the River Jordan. So somewhere on that river, Jesus was baptized. John's account, we just read it. It was in a town called Bethany on the other side of the Jordan. Now you'll notice on the map that Jerusalem and Jericho and Bethany are all down there in southern, southern Israel by the Dead Sea. How many of you see that? You see it. You see where Bethany is. Now, let's put this verse up here, Matthew 3, verse 13. Here's what the Bible says. It says that then Jesus came from Galilee, which is northern Israel. He came to the Jordan some 70 miles to be baptized by John. Now, I always joke, Jesus walked 70 miles. I can't get people to walk 17 feet. <laughs> but Jesus was intent on being baptized by John the Baptist. Now, let's look at verse 14 and 15, Matthew chapter 3. It says, John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. Why are you coming and asking me to baptize you? 
John knew that Jesus was the Messiah, and Jesus walks all the way down there to be baptized, and John's like, no, 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 I'm not baptizing you. If anybody's baptizing anybody here, Jesus, you're baptizing me. Verse 15, Jesus said, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness, and then John consented. Jesus actually had to talk John the Baptist into baptizing him. You might have done the same. Think about it. If Jesus came to you and said, would you baptize me? You might have said this, Lord, I can't baptize. You should be baptizing me. It's exactly what John said. Now look at verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, the Bible says that heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Now in that verse, I'm going to leave it on the screen, we see the Trinity. You say, what's the Trinity? The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three different entities, yet all one in the same. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You see it in that text. You have Jesus, the Son, God the Son. He's there physically. Here's Jesus. You see him. He's in the water. He's baptized. As soon as he's baptized, the Spirit of God descends upon him like a dove. And so you see Jesus, the Son, you see the Holy Spirit of God, and then you hear the voice of God saying, this is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. It's the Trinity in one, in one text. You see the Trinity from time to time, but here is the clearest picture of it. Now, Jess Moody, who was the former pastor of this church, uh, he was a big tall guy too. And I remember watching Jess whenever he baptized anybody. As soon as you came up out of that water, he would, he would say, and as the Holy Spirit, and he'd take his hand, big hand, and he'd do this, as the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus when he was baptized, may the Holy, and he'd be doing this right on top of your head, may the Holy Spirit descend upon you. Oh, it was a beautiful picture of baptism. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to write this down if you can quickly. Verse 13, Jesus walked to the Jordan. He did this of his own free will. You should, always, you should never be forced to be baptized. If you've got to be talked into it, or if someone is forcing you to do it, or they do it and it wasn't even your will, it doesn't really do you much good. It has to be your own free will. Number two, write this down. Jesus would not be denied. John the Baptist tried to talk him out of it. But Jesus would not be denied. 
You'd be shocked by how many people come to church and want to be baptized, but someone in their family tries to talk them out of it. Don't let anybody ever talk you out of it. Jesus would not be denied. Number three, we'll talk about this in a few minutes, he did it to fulfill all righteousness. It was proper to fulfill all righteousness. And there's a little bit of prophecy here, and it's a shadowing of what's going to come for Jesus. That in just a little while, he will go to the cross and he will die. And so you've got this big timeline. In the midst of this timeline that we've talked about in recent weeks, that God has this plan to redeem mankind. And it's the time. Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. It's time to get this thing started. And so he was doing this to fulfill all righteousness. It was proper. It was the right thing to do. And number four, write this down. He was pleasing his heavenly Father. And how many of you know it's a good thing to please your Father, your heavenly Father? Oh, it's a good thing. Now go to page 10. I want to dig a little deeper. What is the significance of Jesus' baptism? Number, there's three things here. Number one, he was initiating his ministry. He was initiating his ministry. I want you to write this down. He was about 30 years of age when he did this. He's 30. We have anybody in here who's 30, exactly 30? We know... What happened at Jesus' birth? We have one story when he was 12. We don't know another thing about Jesus between his birth and by the time he turns 30. We don't, the Bible doesn't tell us what happened in those 30 years. Again, there's a lot in here about when he was born. We have one story when he was 12. And we don't know another thing about him until he shows up and he's 30 years of age. And he walked 70 miles to go down there and be baptized by John the Baptist at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan. He shows up. What he's saying is it's time for my ministry to begin. Stay with me. John the Baptist was the forerunner of the Messiah. John the Baptist was the one preparing the way for the Messiah. John the Baptist had his own ministry. And John the Baptist was baptizing people. And uh, he's saying, hey, everybody repent for the kingdom of God is near. The Messiah is about to appear. And one day at age 30, Jesus shows up. And... He says, John, I want you to baptize me. And John said, no, no, no. If anybody's baptizing, you're baptizing me. And Jesus says, no, I insist. The time is now. This is the time. You're baptizing me. And so he baptizes him. But at that moment, in a sense, John the Baptist, his ministry of announcing the coming of the Messiah is now over. The baptism of Jesus is like the passing of the baton. It's no longer John the Baptist's uh, ministry to introduce the Messiah, the Messiah is now here. And everything that you read in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, in the book of Mark, in the book of Luke, and the, and the book of John, 
all of that is written telling about when Jesus was 30, he's baptized, and the next three and a half years, he goes to the cross. So everything we know about Jesus really took place in those three and a half years from his baptism here in Matthew 3 to when he goes to the cross. How many of you are with me? Now, secondly, he was baptized to set us an example. Jesus always set an example for us. And I I, I know this is strange, but I want you to write your name. There's a place there. Just just write your name because what I want you to know is that when Jesus was baptized, this is one of the sweetest moments in the Bible. Part of the reason why he did that was to set an example for you and for me. That's a sweet thought. And number three, write this down. He was doing it to honor his heavenly Father. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. It was tough in the 80s growing up um, in all over South Central Los Angeles. A lot of gang activity, a lot of violence. I grew up in a foster home, me and my two sisters in the same home, a single-parent home at the time. So we didn't have a lot of money because we were on government assistance because I was a foster child. And it was very known while I ended up in the foster home. Uh, my mother was living a life of crime at the time. She had been on her own since she was 14 years old. And my father was uh, into drug trafficking at the time. A pivotal moment for me was when I learned for the first time that I was actually in a foster home and that my foster mom was not my biological mother. Uh, my sisters were my half-sisters. At that moment, it changed a lot in my life. I had to be around 10 years old. And at that point, I kept looking outside the window and kept waiting for my mother and my father to come and get me out of the home. I used to fight a lot because in my neighborhood, you know, that's what we did. We fought and I was always a quiet kid. And I was at that time in my age, I was 16 years old. I asked God, I said, God, if you're real, I asked him, I said, please show me something different because I was literally about to leave. And the type of person I was, if I would have left and went to the streets, I would have never came back. Um, I do things 100%. If I was going to be 100% good, I would have been 100% good. But if I was going to go to the streets, then that would have been it for me. And literally, God told me three times, and I heard it so clearly. He said, it's not you. It's not you. It's not you. It was one of the few times I did go to church, um, and the pastor was preaching on generational curses. So that stuck with me. That made me feel like 
okay, well, what am I supposed to do now if this is true? But again, I went back and I said, nah, God, God couldn't have made me just, just to create me to suffer. It has to be more to life than, than just what I'm being told or what I'm seeing and what I'm living. So um, maybe I can change things, or at least I'm going to hang on to see if things change. Another pivotal thing happened in my life. Uh, my sister, Sophia, she was pregnant for the first time with my nephew. And me and her, we were best friends. I mean, she named him after me. Um, and I knew the moment he was born, I had to change my life. I had to make sure I was staying on the right path because I wouldn't be surprised if I got a call to have to step in and, you know, have to take care of him. Because, um, again, this is how this gets passed down, generational, generational. So I had just proposed to my wife, and um, her mother was attending this church for the first time. And it was Shepherd Church. And she asked me one day, she was like, would you like to come to church with me? So I agreed to come with her. That particular sermon is almost as if God was speaking directly to me. For whatever reason, he was preaching on generational curses at that time. So I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, oh, here we go again about this. I've heard this before. But the way he explained it in the scriptures he followed up with it is that Jesus' blessings can overturn any generational curse. And then he starts sharing about Jesus. And to be honest with you, once I read the story of Jesus, it just changed everything for me. About six months later, I ended up dedicating my life to Christ. One of the things that I thought that I wouldn't have any more problems or challenges once I accepted the Lord, everything was going fine in my life. I mean, I'm volunteering, I'm having a great time, my life is on track, my, my wife and my kids are doing well. And then um, 2007, I got a call that my sister's boyfriend had took her life. And it was hard. I went through a trial for 18 months. Um, but again, because of the church and they had a grieving class that met once a week, um, I attended that and it was, it was perfect for me because sometimes when you lose someone, however you lose them, you lose them and it's, it's, it, it hurts you, it breaks you. When I had the funeral for my sister, it was in South Central LA and, and uh, I'll never forget when I was sitting there when it was about to start and uh, I saw this uh, tall Caucasian man. <laughs> like 6'4", and it happened to be my pastor with no security, no one but himself coming down in the heart of South Central Los Angeles. And uh, Pastor Dudley was there, and it made all the difference for me in the world. And I said, okay, this guy's solid. He stands by what he preaches. I felt like Pastor Dudley should be in a household name. He should, everyone should know him because I knew of the impact that he made in my life. And if he can make the impact that he did for South Central foster kid growing up in L.A. that it can make a world of difference only if people heard his teachings and experienced Shepherd Church. So that was my main motivation is just trying to get us to every way a person could um, hear our messages, phone, uh, Roku, Apple, um, through TV, through radio. Uh, that was my main motivation because people are starving out there. They, they need to hear the word. They need to hear, I love the way Pastor Dudley breaks it down. 
very practical ways so you can apply it to your everyday life. The impact I've seen is is quite amazing. Honestly, I don't think I have a, enough words to really share when someone can be flipping the channel and something that they're going through just speaks, the Word of God just speaks directly to them. To have someone call in and they're literally in tears because of the message that they heard and was speaking into their life, um, there's no greater feeling in the world than that. And it shows how the Word of God can penetrate anybody, anyone's background, wherever they are, however they're listening, or however they're watching. To know that we're making a difference, not just in our community, but we are making a difference around the world. And there's no greater feeling than that. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.